Social Media Serenity, episode number 15. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Eric Fisher. And here we are this morning, super bright and early, to share with you what's latest, what's going on in the latest news and happenings in the social media world, and how we can live a more balanced life trying to figure all this stuff out. Can you tell I just woke up like six minutes? Six <laughs> and minutes. hopefully get more sleep. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. I was just telling folks, uh, or I was just telling Eric, everyone that I had just woke up like literally and not even kidding here. It was, it was probably about 10 minutes ago. We were recording this on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Instead of our normal schedule on Thursdays, because I've got some things going on, uh, that has caused me to have to move our schedule this week and next week. So, uh, for the uh, next two weeks, uh, things are a little bit crazy. You can keep up with how everything's going over at gspn.tv slash schedule. But uh, we are here and we are trying to fit in as many shows as possible. And so, Eric, you have some wonderful news for us uh, in the world of uh, social media. And, and some things are not so wonderful. It seems some people are no. getting banned. They're not even, yeah. it's like they're not even allowed to use social media these days. So, so yeah. you want to share what's going on there? All right. Well, um, I believe last week was the week we talked about Miley Cyrus and Twitter and all that. And I think this kind of follows in on that, I think, on the, that discussion. Um, apparently, uh, DreamWorks, I think it's DreamWorks, or it's somebody involved with the management as far as Cameron Diaz and Mike Myers, um, ultimately for the goal of not spoiling the next Shrek film, want them to not use Twitter. Right. Kind of comes along with the whole NFL players that have been prohibited from using Twitter uh, and things like that during games. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with it in some ways. You know, hey, you don't want to ruin the movies and things like that. But, um, and actually reading this article now, there's been some updates to it. Uh, it appear it's... They have. It's confirmed that they have not been banned from Twitter. Okay. But that said, I think it's still in line with, you know, if you're a celebrity, y- using Twitter is to your advantage as long as you're smart about it and don't, you know, go against what your management wants you to do. It's not in your best interest to spoil your own movies. Yeah. You know? So, so it says here, the update says, the studio and contract clause referenced in this piece, DreamWorks Studios is not affiliated with DreamWorks Animation, who makes Shrek's f- films. Additionally, the contract clause for DreamWorks Studios is for writers releasing non-public information and not a ban on talent using Twitter. It has been confirmed that Cameron Diaz and Mike Myers have not been banned. Okay, so this is good. So th- this yeah. this was recently updated because I, I did k- click on the article earlier in the week to see what you had, and, and I did notice notice it. And it, it. and that would seem pretty ridiculous to ban somebody from Twitter. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is that really not banning the talent from Twitter, that's a smart move because, yeah, ban the writers from using Twitter releasing non-public information that's that's a good thing but as far as like the talent let them 
you know, talk about the movie all they want, it'll drum up business for it. I think we've seen, you know, in the past few months, Twitter definitely has an influence on certain movies. I, I know there's a few that have been kind of had articles written about them, like that one that was done by the guy that did like, oh, what's what the guy that's funny with the mustache, Borat. His, his the guy that did that one, uh-huh. his other movie Bruno, like tanked, but a lot of it had to do with like Twitter and people twittering that it wasn't very good and things like that. And I know there's another one that over the summer there was a movie I can't think. Of, I wish I had thought about looking this up, but anyway, um, some other movie that got great buzz because of Twitter and did well in its opening weekend at the box office because of it. So, But that's because of the community out there, not the talent themselves or the promo- right. or the PR departments for these uh, um, studios. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and of course, when the article was put on Mashable to start out with, I, I love what it said at the end. It says, listen, we hate to disappoint you, Hollywood, but Facebook and Twitter are just forms of communication. You can also leak information by, you know, speaking or writing an email. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, you know, obviously, like we've said, the, the article's been updated and it doesn't make sense to ban them from the use of one form of a communication uh, and not have like, you know, 35 pages of other things. I mean, per- personally, I mean, if you're going to say you're not allowed to use Twitter, I think you probably should say while under contract and before the release of the movie, you shall be under studio arrest and you will not be al- allowed to have a cell phone uh, nor any other communication device. You will not be allowed to communicate with anybody in the world at all until the release of the movie. Because that's just ridiculous. I mean, have them sign a confidential confidentiality clause. Now, what would be what would be a very interesting um, situation would be if the clauses did specific, you know, these non uh, disclosure agreements. If they would actually start um, including, you know, saying, you know, please, you will not uh, share this, in, you know, in interviews. You will not share information in this. You will not share it in blogs, Facebook, Twitter, and other social networks like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you kind of have to think about it in terms of the context of, you know, like, like we do with, with what we're saying, what we're putting out there or what we are. You, you think every day, what context am I in right now? Who's going to hear what I have to say right now? And should I say it or should I think twice? Right. You know, it's all and, and it's just on an even grander scale for a celebrity because they have that many more people, you know, watching them at any given time. But uh, let me ask you this. Here's a spin I just thought of. What if, and, and there may be some out there, what are some of the uh, actors or producers even on the show Lost that uh, maybe tweet? And how should they approach Twitter with the upcoming season six with as big as it's going to be? Well, for, first of all, for right now, I hate to say that I'm not aware of any of the producers or yeah. uh, cast of Lost that's on Twitter. And, you know, if, if anybody probably needed to be careful, it's those folks, you know? Right. <laughs> those, those are some people. They're, they're probably like, listen, I'm not banned, but I'm not stepping near that thing <laughs> because, you know, that stuff's very public, very real time. And I, yeah, I'm... I, I know that Jorge Garcia w- had a blog, he, you know, and, and he probably still does his blog. 
Um, but anyway, he's he's been the guy that's been out there in the forefront. And I know that several of them had been using the online forum known as the Fuselage. Uh, so so they've been involved in social media, but I've not personally seen them jump into you know the major social networks in a big real way yet. And if anybody yeah. out there is aware of any, that that would be interesting. But let me tell you something that I think on the opposite of this, going for the kind of spin that you're talking about, is Jimmy Fallon. Do you follow him? Oh, yeah. Jimmy Fallon every now and then will uh, tweet an entire uh, cue card of his monologue. And, and of course, it's completely, you know, just out of context or whatever. But he'll tweet, you know, he could, he'll say monologue and or in tonight's monologue. And then he'll write one line of the monologue. And it's like, that's just interesting enough to say, hmm, I wonder how, how that fits into what he's going to say tonight. And, um, he, of course, they tape earlier. And, it, and it's like, I just, re, you know, I'm, I just interviewed so-and-so and they said blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, those kind of things I probably or maybe wouldn't have not even thought to watch the Jimmy Fallon show that night. But because he tweeted and shared some information about it, it piqued my interest. It piqued my curiosity. And I might set the DVR to to watch that. Or in the case of these movies, you know, I may have no interest whatsoever in going to see Shrek 3. But they could possibly, of course, I wouldn't follow Michael Myers or... Uh, Cameron Diaz personally, but um, uh, not. I don't have anything against them. It's just they're. I don't. I'm not as excited about their work as some other people. So, uh, but anyway, if I did, and they said something that was really intriguing, like, oh my gosh, you would not believe what just happened on this set. So and so did this. It may make it into the film. Right. You know, it's like, you know, let's just say so-and-so um, just had cold water pulled. I, I don't know. You, some Something behind the scenes. It's like, uh, could you imagine if somebody was uh, Twittering during the filming of The Wizard of Oz? Right. Remember, did you, did you know that somebody actually had accidentally got hung? Yeah. During that, and there's that, and that made it into the show, into the film? Yeah, in the background, one of the places where they're walking, and you see it in the background, far off in the, I think it's the right hand or the left hand. I don't know. Yeah, but it, yeah, I've seen, I've seen it. Yeah. How many times have you gone to look for that? Uh, a couple times. So there you go, and so that's what I'm saying. If you, if you can imagine now, of course, these people are under non disclosure agreements, but if they were allowed to tweet about something that's not related directly, because they're, I mean, these people go on interview shows, right? Yeah. So they they're they're allowed to talk about different things. They're allowed to oh, here's a funny story about what happened on the set the other day. You know, but they're not giving away the movie. And so, I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, it's 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 definitely about your personal PR and just being smart about it and having some kind of a context to it. So, yeah. I know there was a lot of backlash in social media when when the celebrity showed up. You know, I, you, you had, and, and I think a lot of it was the way that Ashton Kusher, uh, you know, showed up to the game, right? But in this, in the same way, you know, people were complaining. It's like, well, Twitter's just not. You know, how do we get how do we get this? You know, break this bubble that we're in. You know, this tech bubble. How do we go mainstream? It's like, well, duh, you bring the celebrities in. You know, and and I'm actually excited. I mean, I hardly can sit through an entire week of television without the term Twitter coming up. 
And you know what? Facebook's been around a lot longer than Twitter has, and I never hear anybody talk about Facebook in TV shows. No. But, not uh, unless not unless it's the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. They, they, and and you know, and Jimmy Fallon does some uh, Facebook stuff, you know, occasionally during the opening of a show. But I'm talking about like you know drama, t- television drama, or oh yeah, or television com sitcoms and and stuff like that. I mean, major television network shows who mention it's like, well, how'd you find out? Why well, you know, I saw it on Twitter. And 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 that's not a joke. It, it, that wasn't the butt of a joke. It was, it was you know this is how we found this clue you know to this case. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's it's big it's big time now, and I and I love that because you know these these are tools of communication, and when they're adopted by the masses, I think this it become it becomes more viable for using these as backup means of communication. It's like for example, yesterday. Right around one o'clock in the afternoon, my my phone fell on the floor, and all of a sudden, my iPhone would not unlock. The bottom of the glass had no touch sensory uh, perception or anything. It, it, I, okay. couldn't, I couldn't unlock it. So people were calling me, and I couldn't answer the phone. And and of course, I couldn't unlock it to send out any messages, stuff like that. And normally, my phone is my main method of communication. And so my wife sent me a text message on my phone. And, well, guess what? I can't respond to her text message. I can't open up my phone and send her a text message. So, you know, what I did is I hopped on to my Wi-Fi on my laptop. I went into Google Voice and I sent her a text message via Google Voice. Hey, phone's not working, you know, right now. And I can't respond to your uh, text message there. Here's your answer. You know, it's it. These are it's because we have so many different means of communication. That's that's where I think Twitter should what Twitter should be used of or seen as is just a method of communicating with other people. Yeah. Definitely. And, and I and and you know I, I don't know if you remember a long time ago, but gosh, way back in the early days of the about the church when DG came along, but I, I I made a big deal about this one uh, Christian conference called the Catalyst Conference. They have a official podcast, and one of the host they had these two hosts, a, co- a host and a co-host, and one of the hosts uh, kind of was interested and intrigued with what was going on with Twitter, and the the other guy, the main guy, says, ah, it's those are for exhibitionists and blah 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 for narcissistic people and. And uh, personally, I think it it smacks of pride, and it and he says Twitter should be banned. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And of course, we and the internet should be banned for all Christians because it could possibly lead you to some materials online that are unwholesome. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 not evil, but it's definitely not uh, ambivalent. It's right. got. It you know it's it's a tool you can hit someone in the head with it or you can hammer a nail to build a house you know so exactly well we certainly made a, a lot of conversation out of that article what do we have next I know I, I well uh, speaking of Google Voice uh, apparently some of the Google voicemails were appearing in the public search results for Google so really that's not good no. Um, this is from about October 19th, so over last weekend. Uh, 
at least some of the Google voicemails were being indexed and made publicly available somehow. Um, and Google says now in an update that they've changed how the shared messages are indexed. And so... Oh, these are shared open- messages. Yeah, so actually it's oh. just shared messages, luckily. Okay, well then that doesn't bother me as much. Because when you share something in Google, I'm quite familiar with it. That you know it, it, you know that it says you know you're sharing this information. Now I think maybe you know is this shared in the same way that you share your Google Reader? You know, because if you share your Google Reader, it's not just sharing with in Google Docs. If I like create a document and I'm collaborating with you and I share, I'm choosing specifically to share with you and nobody else. Right. And nobody has access to that. But in Google Reader, if I'm on, if I have a shared folder and I mark things as, hey, I want to share this story with all my friends, I don't have to add you as a friend to share it with you. You just come to my public URL yeah. that is made public for the entire world. Anybody who I, I could just send out one Twitter message that says, here's a link to this great voicemail that just came in. You know, and then anybody who clicks on that can receive it. If if that's what this is talking about, and then all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, that gets indexed and crawled. Well, big deal. You you put it out there public for the world anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. And and the thing to keep in mind with Google Reader is that if you're sharing something on there, it's already not really your content. I mean, you're using that as an aggregator for other people's content. So sharing that is not. It's already out there public. You're just passing it along. But it's it's different if it's something that you've received personal and you decide to share it or not. So, yeah. yeah. Well, here's the deal. I, I, the now, headline was a little misleading on this one. Yeah, that's uh, that's th- for sure. Well, I did not read this story prior to today, and and I read the he- headline. And I'm like, whoa, that that's pretty big news. But to know that you had to share it, and then of course, by the way, for those who are listening, I'm not sure if that's what how sharing works in. Google Voice, to be honest with you, I've never shared anything in Google Voice because I can't see myself having a desire to share that stuff. So I'm actually looking. I just signed into Google Voice, and I do not see any place in here where um, it says share, mark is unread, add note, block caller, email, download, and embed. Why would I want to embed this? Share voice. Um. Share voicemail well, from this phone number. Oh, 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 oh. So I can actually embed the transcript and everything and right. and stuff onto a website. So it's not even clicking a share button. You're actually putting this on a public page somewhere maybe. Yeah, it's kind of like if it was a YouTube video, you'd just take that embed code, paste oh, it somewhere. and Oh, come on, people. Seriously, is this really a story? You know, if I was to embed uh, the, let's just say, Eric, you'd leave me a voicemail on Google Voice and I was to embed that onto my personal blog at podcastanswerman.com, am I really going to get upset if all of a sudden that shows up as a Google result? No. You might get upset because you might, yeah. or I might. your phone number is on there. <clears throat> right. And you said some pretty colorful four-letter words to me because you were angry, uh, and which is why maybe I posted it. Can you believe the nerve of this guy? <laughs> you know, here's his phone number. <laughs> I mean, now there's you got to exercise some uh, some I don't know some intelligence on the side of the user <laughs> here 
But yeah, come on. If if that's how they got in, okay. Because so I'm looking. I don't see anywhere where there's a share button. So which, by the way, doesn't make any sense. I'm sitting there saying this, and I'm like, it does not make sense to have a shared folder in your personal email, you know, voicemail box. But it does look like you can embed it. Which, you know, the question then becomes, well, should there really be an option to embed a voicemail? And I'm like, absolutely, there should. And why is that? Well, let's just say, Eric, you and I received some phone calls for social media serenity. Wouldn't it be great to embed those voicemails into the show notes with by just clicking and dragging some code? Yeah, that would be very cool. And very, I, I could see some usefulness of that. So I'm glad it's there. And then, of course, well, it's like, well, gosh, that makes it so easy for somebody. Maybe I'm not going to leave a message. It's like, dude, all I had to do was uh, take your voicemail that you left and record it into an MP3 file, upload it to my server. And then uh, what was your voicemail? 35 seconds. I can transcribe that baby myself with more accuracy than Google Voice. And I can still post it on my blog. But I oh, think yeah. it's I, but knowing that this is a world where and obviously they know this, that uh, before long, hundreds of thousands of people will be using Google Voice to to use as their voicemail client for podcasts and for other different presentations. And it would be neat to be able to embed that. And I didn't even know that feature was there until now. Yeah, I think that it would be great, though, if they put an option in there as far as the embed to like take out the sender's phone number that yeah. keeps showing up as I try to do it. So, Oh, did you try it? Yeah. Yeah, and so it, it, it embeds the phone number and everything, huh? It looks like it. Yeah. So that that would be kind of cheesy. It would be cool, though, if you could use this, use Google Voice in sort of an audio boo type way, you know, where yeah. you set up a page and you automatically have numbers. For example, like like say I call my Google Voice number from my iPhone, for example. So it knows what number it's being called from, it knows it's me, and it knows to record it, automatically post that somewhere that I've previously set up, and then update a specific place, and there you go. And if the call quality is not so bad, you've got, you know, all automatically embedded, you know, basically on-the-go, on-the-fly podcasting. Gotcha. So... Yeah. There, get just, on that, Google. There you go, Google. We, we got your work f- cut out for you there. So, hey, uh, moving along here, I see that there's uh, two stories related to Microsoft uh, with Twitter. And also one of the stories also includes uh, some information about Facebook. So what's going on in the world of Microsoft and Search? All right. Well, pretty huge news. And we'll just tackle them as they came in. Uh, Essentially, Microsoft and Google both announced separately that they they have deals in place that they are working with. Uh, Twitter as well as, well, Twitter and Facebook for Bing, and then Google using Twitter. So no Facebook, Google yet, but Bing has Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so so basically so, Microsoft isn't going to have, Microsoft's not going to have Facebook. No, it, it's the one that has Facebook. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, according to All Things Digital, uh, Microsoft is going to announce is well they have announced that they are have deals with both Twitter and Facebook to integrate status updates into the Bing search engine. Um, now I'm going to have to assume that well you can and you can check this out now live actually uh, if you go to Bing.com/slash Twitter that is already up and running the Twitter 
portion of the Bing searching. And what? Okay, you dropped out there, so I'm gonna pause for just a second. Version oh, of go back, uh, go back to the beginning of that sentence. You completely dropped out there. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Um, it, it, this this is live right now. You can go to Bing.com/slash/Twitter, and it's a lot like the search.twitter.com only it's got a little bit more uh you know bing flair to it whether you like that or not i have to say i'm a little bit impressed by well, something microsoft's doing so well i'm at bing.com slash twitter right now and i put in pound p-a-b-l and it says here why we did not find any twitter results or links for pound p-a-b-l refresh the page uh, make sure that you spelled the keywords or twitter hashtags correctly uh, try rephrasing the, ca- the synonyms and try using fewer words or click all, you know, but yeah, it, it's not pulling up. Let's see. Did you put the, you put uh, pound in front of it? Yeah. Pound P-A-B-L. Yeah. I tried it without it as well. I didn't get anything. So, so uh, not ready for prime time yet, my friend. Not yet. No. Um, but you can see there's major ones up there like Glee and Balloon Boy and Windows 7 and yeah, that bugs Stuff like me. that. It bugs me, though, to think that it's not really getting all the data from Twitter, though. Yeah. Because I, if I, t- if I, yeah, even if we put it out without it, uh, and then let's just um, put in Heil PR 40, and there's nothing there. Let me just put in Heil, and uh, that did pull up something. So that's the first time it's pulled something up. But uh, what? Let me see what's something that you tweeted recently. Let me see here. So if I go to twitter.com slash Eric, see, I'm wondering if it's if it's getting the whole fire hose or or everything. Obviously, it's not pulling up pound pabl, but that could be something. So the slap chop info info. Let's see, infomercial infomercial guy. <laughs> I can't talk this morning. I shouldn't even try. All right, so I'm going to copy this. I'm going to look up infomercial guy in Bing using the Twitter search. And uh, you are not showing up. Well, is anything showing up, though? Yes. Infomercial, uh, most recent tweets about infomercial guy. Uh, and it shows uh, three of them, and you are not one of them. Oh, of course, you did this 13 hours ago. Yes, yeah, so, so it may it may take some time, but I, I mean, for example, PABL has been a hashtag used by a number of people for months now. Yeah, for there not to be anything doesn't make sense. But yeah. what what they're saying is is that they're using um, it, it's saying it's updating in real time, but obviously that's not the case yet. Yeah, and it's not um, updating from everybody's feeds. So. Yeah. You, I, by the way, I did search, and your infomercial guy tweet is not anywhere in the list. Yeah. I clicked more, and then it finally went to the end. So, it, it definitely, I, I'm I'm interested to see what they come up with. It looks like they are showing the results in an interesting fashion, uh, but definitely not ready for prime time yet. Yeah, it, it says that they're doing this by uh, the number of retweets, captions, quality of the tweets. However, you gauge that and uh, keywords to sort tweets by relevancy. But again, we should be getting at least something as far as the hashtag PABL by now. Yeah, definitely that one. 
All right. So what about on the Google end? Anything interesting going on there? Have is have we been able to see that show up anywhere? Um, as far as Google goes, let's see. They're saying they've just announced it and did a quick demo of it. But what they're saying it's going to be is that at the bottom of your search results results, you'll have social networking information from your friends. But and, th- and that might scare some people. It's like, well, are they indexing or searching my Twitter and my Facebook page to pull out my stuff without my permission? No. The way it's going to work is they're going to be pulled from your social networks that you manually connect to your Google profile. So if you want your stuff connected, you manually go and say, for example, you know, the, the Google account that I use for my Gmail, Google Voice, Wave, and, and et cetera, et cetera. I connect my Facebook and my Twitter or however many of those I have to that, and then they will be able to be showing up in search results. That is cool. I like that idea. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's Google taking over the rest of the world, but, and, and I agree with it. <laughs> All right. So the- for convenience alone. So <laughs> nice. All right. So let's move on to this new one. Uh, the next story here, it, Mozilla Raindrop. By the way, I've never heard of this before. This and came out last night. It's not out, but it, I heard of it. The secret Mozilla project last night, and I thought, oh, I got to throw this in there for today. So this is very similar to what Google just said they're doing. Um, and there is actually a video, if you scroll down a bit, if you go to labs.mozilla.com slash raindrop. Um, Let me play it real quick here. Play that video. It explains it a lot. Hi, my name is Brian Clark. I'm the design lead of Mozilla Messaging, and I'm excited to talk to you about Raindrop, a new project Mozilla Messaging is launching through Mozilla Labs. Raindrop is not another email client. We started from scratch designing with fresh ideas about what a communication application should be and what it should do for you before anything was built. And today, people use so many different tools to communicate, it's honestly hard to keep track of them all. There's Twitter to share status updates or links, YouTube for publishing videos, Flickr to share photos, Facebook for photos, videos, status updates, Mafia Wars, Farmville, seriously? And anyway, there's blogs. <laughs> anyway. Instant so. messaging, and finally email, which is getting a little bit of everything these days. Email was already overloaded before it became the place for all these web services to send you updates. And we've been looking at this problem in an effort to make email personal again. When I first used email, I was at the university, and it was great. Every message was from someone I knew, and I only got a couple messages a day. However, since then, I started getting so many different kinds of messages from all sorts of places that email isn't fun anymore. But even with all these new messages from advertisers, websites, and other sources, there are still only a small number of messages from actual people. In fact, right now, hidden between all these messages in my inbox is a message from my mom that I've completely forgotten to respond to. I'm sorry, Mom. This situation shouldn't happen. Why should an advertisement from an airline push a message from my mom out of the way? I know one is more important than the other. Why doesn't my email know that too? So we've taken this problem on by categorizing the types of messages you receive. Raindrop intelligently separates the personal messages from the bulk. So you know what to respond to and what you just need to be aware of. This categorization is one of the ways that Raindrop can actually bring a system like Twitter together with your email. In Twitter, you have direct messages and replies, which are more like emails than any of the other bulk messages that are sent in Twitter. So we separate out those replies and direct messages as well. And as Raindrop continues to connect to other places, 
you're having conversations in, like Facebook or YouTube, we'll continue to make sure that you see the personal messages over the bulk. Well, as an example, here's our initial version of Raindrop. And here you can see we already recognize mailing list messages and put them to the side. You can get to them when you need to, but they shouldn't get in the way of messages that are only for you. We're also working on ways to filter for notifications like those you might get from Amazon, Facebook, or eBay to keep them out of the messages you get from real people. And because this is an open source project with a built-in extension system, you'll be able to pick which notifications you want where. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. The Raindrop... Okay, so anyway, definitely looks interesting, and I think we're getting some iPhone interference there. But um, it, it definitely looks interesting. But not something I think I'll probably ever use. Yeah, I mean, it, it essentially it sounds like it's the super smart inbox for all your communication, digital communication methods. Yeah. Which, to be honest, I might try out. But, again, I mean, <laughs> if you can manage them on a smaller scale now, then... Right. You is, your, is your iPhone next to the, your recording device there? It was. I just moved it. Okay. Yeah, it's still coming through pretty strong. Um, but anyway, the the thing for me is that um, Gmail is something that I use for my email, and it's w- all web based. It doesn't have to be installed. I think Raindrop. It would appear that this is going to be just like the other product products that they have from Mozilla. That they're going to be uh, desktop based. And so I don't like the idea of using something that I'm limited to one computer. I mean, I'm consistently moving from computer to computer to computer. And the only thing that I or the thing that I love about Firefox is that I use Firefox along with um, what used to be called Foxmarks. What do they call that now? Um, is X, it Xmarks? Yeah, Xmarks. So I use the Xmarks plugin, and I will tell you, between five different computers, it does not matter which one I'm at. It feels like I'm on the same exact computer because all of my icon, all of my bookmarks are synced, and I have actually the bookmark toolbar with folders. So I've got the daily folder, my notes folder, my business docs folder, my plus member folder, uh, my live folder, my links folder, my, and then I've got all these little buttons on there for uh, tweets and ping.fm and hello txt and the forum and Facebook and net vibes and. Just all these different things. And even links for like having direct access to my WordPress upload. So if I want to upload an image to the web, it's just a little button on my toolbar. And if, I, if I'm on another computer like upstairs and Stephanie's down here recording a full-time mom, it's, not even, it's, it's almost as if I didn't even walk away from my computer because everything I do is in the web. Yeah. And as long as my Firefox looks and has all the same things across all of these different computers, then as far as I'm concerned, a Kate, like the only thing I can't do right now, and by the way, this would be easily solved, is I can't do my QuickBooks from any computer right now because that's a, it, it's a, a software-based program on my hard drive. But I, I'll be honest with you, I'm actually thinking about going to QuickBooks online just because there's been enough instances recently where... It's like, man, I've been putting off this accounting work. I need to get this done, and I have time to do it right now. But right now, I'm away from my computer, and I wish I had it on this computer. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing. is, For the most part, I think we probably all have 
one computer that we kind of use more than the rest, but that we still want to have it synced across the board, you know? Yeah, I think that would probably be, I, I would agree with you, a majority of the people. For most people. Most people probably have one computer that they use more than others. But there are a ton of people out there that use two different computers equally as much. And I, I and the reason I say that is that you got the people with the work computer that they have a lot of freedom to do a lot of things with. And then the home computer, which obviously they have all freedoms to do whatever they want with. So for those people, you know, having access to, you know, web-based products is is really critical. So and, and knowing that, you know, what, you know, obviously Mozilla has the Firefox browser. I wonder if they could make Raindrop like a web version. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. When you go to your Gmail, when you're working on your Gmail, are you logging in on something else or are you logging in on the web itself? The web itself, all the so, time. So I think Mozilla, being that they created what I think we both agree is the best browser ever, Firefox, is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they've got it in them to make this a Gmail, if not killer, at least make it, you know, the the second best thing or even the the uh, al- the best alternative to Gmail. You know what? I'm actually looking at this, and this may be a server side. What you know? What I think it is. Let me let me look here real quick. It says, uh, let's see. Um, oh, look! Raindrop uses a mini web server to fetch your contents in different sources, mail, blah blah blah, and pulls them pulls out the important parts and allows you to interact with them. Uh, oh, right here. Using your favorite modern web browser. Okay, so you know what? This this would definitely be something I would try out then. Especially if, like how you work, I know you do Inbox Zero. Well, what if you just said, okay, Raindrop is now my official inbox, and all your Facebook and all your Twitter and all your uh, regular Gmail emails all of them go into there, and it categorizes what's what. Because I definitely agree. There are Twitter, there are tweets and direct messages uh, that are more important to me than some you know random Staples mailing list or something that I got in my Gmail. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if this thing's smart enough to prioritize for me, you know, actual conversations, then that's definitely a step up in terms of interacting with a community. Yeah, I I have a real that you said one phrase there that that really uh, somebody who's a control freak like me they it's it's almost as though you just took away all my oxygen and that is if you can organize all this stuff for me you know it's like oh I don't like that because what if how they organize something is different than how I want it organized and I'm like. Uh, and so I'm sitting here thinking about my inbox and I, and I do have inbox zero. Uh, and, and, um, I, I, I achieve it at least once a week and sometimes more hopefully. But the, the deal with inbox zero is that when you look at my email each day, I hardly ever have an email in my inbox that is not from a real person. And that's because Gmail allows filters an unlimited number of filters and so, you know, those circulars that come in from Staples, guess what? Yeah. I, I've learned exactly what email address those come from, and I put that email in, 
and I say, listen, if it's from this email and it says the word, you know, check out the most recent ad. So if it says ad in the body of the text, so I make sure that I don't just cut out anything that comes from Staples because I want I want to get my order confirmations and stuff like that. But uh, I've set up a small, smart filter so that as soon as an advertisement comes in, it immediately marks it as red and then, or actually, no, I think I, I have those set up to immediately delete. So, and then what it does is it goes in and says, hey, we found 4,283 of these. Would you like to apply this filter to all of these as well? And I'm like, absolutely. And then I never, I'll never get a Staples ad again unless they change up the way they send them out, which they probably won't. But if they do, I just set a different filter. Yeah. So I do that. And then, of course, I do. You're right. I do inbox zero. But I also and I and I consider my direct messages and my Facebook inbox uh, as part of my inbox zero process because I, I have a desire to keep those at zero as well. The thing is, though, is I consider email the most important way. And I, and I still try to train people who interact with me. And that sounds bad. I, I don't mean it like I'm training a dog. But I try to let people know that if you want to get a hold of me, the best way, the most, the first of all, the fastest way is to pick up the phone and call me. Uh, and the next best way uh, is to contact me via email because that gets top priority. And I've got, matter of fact, I was notivate, notified via SMS message and I also received emails from Facebook saying that three people this week have emailed me, sent me a message on Facebook. Because I was able to glance at it in my inbox, I looked at my inbox, and uh, I read the message because Facebook does says, says what the entire message is from Facebook. And I will tell you, I hit reply by accident, and I started to type, and I'm like, wait a second, this isn't going to go to them. So I discard the reply. I actually said, you know what, this isn't important enough for me right now to spend my time replying. I was going to do it via email right now because I could do it within 60 seconds. But this isn't important enough to take me over to Facebook, get into my inbox, and hit the reply button. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, that, so basically what I was able to do is like, you know what? I had, I had 17 messages in my inbox. This little note from Facebook was one of them. Archive it. Now I have 16 messages instead of 17. And you know what? I know that, that the next time I actually do get a chance to log into Facebook and I have some time to respond to some social messages there, then I'll respond to it. But right now, this isn't, this isn't mission critical. So I'm not necessarily sure that I want all of that social graph stuff, uh, including at replies and, and stuff like that, to be thrown into my inbox. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is that I'm thinking that not necessarily using it, I mean, counting, counting it all as a, an inbox, yeah. but then saying that, for example, priority in my raindrop is actual email from real people, and then having a whole other thing you click on the side there, like a, like a Gmail label that is like direct messages from Twitter or at replies from Twitter or even then Facebook you know, posts or this or that from Facebook and so on that you've got lined up there on your sidebar so that you can, you don't have to jump around from site to site. Yeah. I, Does no, that I, make sense? I, I think, I, I think certain people would find this very appealing at least to a certain extent. Yes. I, and in fact, I think I would find it uh, appealing to a certain extent and, and, and because it is web-based, I will be giving it a try. 
Um, I hope people don't think that I'm a you know a Debbie Downer when it comes to these new things. But really, for me, my the, and, and it, and it comes from the name of our show. Why you and I chose this, Eric, is it's like okay, this is great. There's a lot of new functionality. There's a lot of new tools. But what does this mean to our pursuit of a balanced life? Yeah. You know, is this going to help us stay more focused, more organized and and keeping our priorities in line? And 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 I think that this you're definitely seeing things, you know, this is the glass half full and I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it's kind of neat. Uh but I I I knowing my own personality and I, and I recognize I'm unique in this. You know, I I can be distracted easily by a simple little at reply. And it's like, uh, hey, at GSPN, did you see this video with so-and-so in it? And it's like, oh, my gosh, I've been waiting. I've I've heard a couple things. I'm going to click now. When I should actually be, you know, responding to this, you know, equipment sales inquiry. You know, it's like, hey, can you get me a price on these five products? And I'm like, should in the next 10 minutes of my time... Should I be getting a price on these five products or should I be spending the next 15 minutes watching this video? And yeah. I will tell you, I'm the type of person who is really tempted to spend the next 15 minutes on watching this video when I definitely know my priority is to get those price quotes out as quickly as possible. Yeah. So and that, I think, and that's, and you're in a unique situation with your, you know, basically working for yourself, yeah. self-employment there. So yeah, but I, but I mean, the same thing that I just said would be identical if I was if I was still working at the insurance agency. So so the only thing would change was should I spend the next fifteen minutes uh, getting a person a quote on what it would be to add this car with liability and full coverage so that they can make the decision of which one they want? Or should I spend the next 15 minutes watching this video? <laughs> right. And to be honest with you, when I was working in insurance, I was still clicking on that cr- that crud, wasting my time. And, and, and of course, the, the, the benefit for me is I'm really not stealing any money out of the cash register of of my employer you know the analogy of that but when i was working for somebody else and i'm being paid to you know for a certain number x number of hours a salary to to be here and to be focused on the work that i'm being paid to do i really felt like when i clicked on that video if i spent 15 minutes away from that if it wasn't like a scheduled break or something and there's something that was a much higher priority and a client waiting for information from me i was stealing and stuff like that and uh and even even furthermore, I guess maybe I am stealing from my own kid. It's like I'm taking food off their table or something. <laughs> so, but anyway, you see where I'm coming from. I, I th- oh, I do. I think this. I think all this stuff is great. I mean, I I love all the options and stuff. And 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 again, we I haven't really seen it outside of this little two minute video we just played. It, but I think there's some potential there. I think it could be very interesting. I'll be interested to see how I interact with it if I do try out try it out. And when it comes out, we'll, I'm sure I, I will. And I, I'm just wondering, um, you know, will I try to live more, you know, keep my more simple approach? It's like, listen, I, I like my emails over here, my Twitter's over here, my Facebook's over here. Do, you know, I'm wondering if this comes up, if I won't be interested, you know, if the ability to bring clerk replies and, and, and LinkedIn replies and all this other stuff, if all of a sudden that I've... I, I now have, you know, these 15 different ways people can contact me if that won't distract me more. 
Yeah. If you can be everywhere at once, you'll try to be. Right. And and so. is that and because it's it's possible, is it necessarily beneficial? And that's where that's where I think that our podcast, that's where you and I are out here trying to find these discussions or to, to have these discussions. You know, sure, we can do all of this. Is it the best thing for us? And and I don't want to make that judgment call for other people, but to just share our experience in it. So do we have any idea when this is coming out? Uh, it, as far as I can tell, it doesn't say. Okay. This is their first announcement of of actually having it be in existence. Well, for those of you who are listening, uh, go to labs.mozilla.com slash raindrop. And, of course, we'll have a link to this in the show notes as well. And uh, you can check it out and uh, see for yourself what we've been looking at here. All right. Well, that's the end of our show notes. Anything else that you got going on, my friend? No, that's it. I I jumped in on Google Wave. Oh, yeah. Give us some your impressions on Google Wave. I, I'd be interested in hearing what you're thinking on it. Well, uh, I, I, I think I forwarded you a tweet earlier this week from somebody that said that Google Wave is like the perfect example of what, ex- what te- technology can be. It's impressive, but without friends, it really doesn't do much. Right. That's paraphrasing, but it's true. And that's what I'm seeing as far as Google Wave goes. There's a handful of about you know four to five people that I know of, kind of. Two of which is two of which are you and like say Wayne Henderson and you guys are the guys I know the most on there. Yeah, but again, it's not really something that's it's there's really no momentum for me to keep checking it just yet. Yeah, and the the one the one drawback of Google Wave is that it is yet another inbox. That's true. You know, why give me integration with my Gmail? You know, with with my Google Apps Gmail account. So that it's a it's a little tab, of course. And aren't, wasn't I just talking about the fact that I don't want all this distracting information over there? But <laughs> but anyway, it is another it is another um, it is another inbox, uh, and it, it's something that I think is very is going to be very useful. Uh, matter of fact, I hadn't had a chance to talk with you about how we could use this as um, show notes. Of course, Google Docs has been sufficient for you and I. Um, now here's the thing. I created the Google doc that we are using. I have a question for you. When you and I are in it together, have you ever been told that it can't save at this time? No, I've not seen that before. Okay. Cause I have a document that father Roderick shared with me for biggest loser podcast in Google docs. And if he's in it, um, I can save it. Like if I save, if I make a change and save it within like 30 seconds, but if all of a sudden he's typing and I, I'm typing and then I go to hit save, it says, I'm sorry, we can't save at this time. And it kind of keeps – and all the changes I just made will, are, are kind of like read only. It, it doesn't okay. save them. And it's like, man, that is frustrating. Well, maybe, maybe it has something to do with like the distance between whatever server he's pinging and whatever one you're using. Yeah, it, it's something. You know? I'm sure it's a glitch of some sort. It's not necessarily um, – uh, yeah, and and then Raman saying let it, try letting it autosave, and in fact that's how I was that's how I realized this was happening is the audio the autosave was trying to save the document and it pulls up a little box that says I'm sorry we can't we cannot save your t- document at this time you know and it gave some kind of error I can't remember what it was but that's how I recognized that it wasn't saving it and so basically Father Roderick and I are now using Google Wave for our show notes. 
and it's excellent. I love it. Um, and it, and it is very real time. And one of the things that we've done is we've actually, cause we have the public chat room, right? Um, and so you and I can see that, you know, Daniel Lewis is in the chat room and, and, and we see that, uh, Steven and Chris Biding and a bunch of other people, uh, but let's just say you and I wanted to have a chat about the show. You know, it's like Cliff, you could actually say, Cliff, will you stop talking for a second and let me in? <laughs> <laughs> you you could chat that um, in Google Waves. But the question became, OK, what if you're at the top of the document and I'm at the bottom of the document? Would we be able to see it? And the answer to that question is no. But what you can do in Google Waves is you can actually do two waves side by side or one on top of the other. And uh, by the way, it is very difficult to figure out one. I mean, once you know how to do it, it's easy. But how to actually rearrange them to where they're side by side. But once you do that, we have the show notes on the right hand side, and we each put our chat, our little chat wave on the left hand side, so that the chat wave's always visible. And the show notes, you can be anywhere at the top or bottom of the document; it doesn't matter. And so we've been able to say. You know, Father Roderick's going on and I'm like, okay, we're at 17 minutes. We've got about three more minutes in this segment. Let's try to wrap this up. And I can write that as he's talking. Does that make sense? Eric? Eric! Oh, my goodness. I think we've uh, lost Eric Fisher. But anyway, uh, that's that's pretty much Google Wave and that's how I've been using it um, with other podcasters. And and so when Eric gets back on, I'm going to suggest that there he is. I don't know what happened. I was sitting there and then suddenly you stopped talking. <laughs> All right. So anyway, but, but basically that's how Father Roderick, Roderick and I are um, using Google Wave to be able to send those messages back and forth. Maybe something that I'd love to like to try out with you maybe in, maybe even next week and see if that gives you a little bit more of a feel of of the usefulness of Google Wave. Were you able to catch most of what I was talking about? Yes. Good. Yeah, I think it was you you were talking about going back and forth as the the basically to give yourself non-audience visual cues. Exactly. That And that's great. Yeah, we should try that. Yeah, so so next week and of course um uh, what, you know, before we hit record next Saturday, I'll try to wake up before uh 7:54 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll and I'll jump on here. Uh and, and I'll and I'll what I'll do is I'll walk you through or you can play with it now and, and I'll just tell you what you do is you create a wave and then use the minimize button and it puts it up in a little but uh, a little um tab at the top. And then what you do is create another wave and then you or you open another wave and it'll show up. And then you minimize your contact list, minimize your uh inbox, minimize your navigation. And then, you know, re-maximize your um, first wave that you did. And then what it'll do is it'll put those two side by side each other. Okay. It, it, it's a little it's a little hokey at this point. Ho- hopefully, eventually, you'll be able to just drag and drop these to where you want them to be. But uh, yeah, you know, you're gonna have to do Google Wave 101 tutorial videos. Yes, I know. I I, I am going to be doing those eventually. Very cool. Anything else, my friend? No, I think that's that we're caught up for now. Excellent. Well, this has been a chuck full episode of Social Media Serenity. We want to say thank you to everybody out there for tuning into our show. Sorry about my incoherent thoughts at the beginning of this show. I know it was a little crazy there. 
but uh, we want to say thank you. And of course, for those, those of you who are listening on the free feed, if you enjoy the show, why not contribute to becoming a gspn.tv plus member over at gspn.tv slash plus, and you'll get every episode every week. Until next time, everybody, join the community.